Come on, everybody. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes. Put a smile on your face and the love of Jesus in your heart. Shake somebody's hand and say, God bless you. Come on, shake somebody else's hand with that same smile and say, God bless you forever. Thank you so kindly. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. so kind you're so kind and that's what I'm gonna try my best to do today is preach we honor the Lord we praise God for the honorees this evening the presiding bishop and lady may would you once again stand as we show honor and appreciation to two of the finest people that live on the planet Earth today. God bless you. God bless you. Come on, let's make some noise. Let's, let's show our love. Let's show our appreciation. Thank you. You may be seated. I want to talk for a few minutes about the pastor and church. The pastor and church in the past, in the present, and in the future. The pastor. Two have been invited here this afternoon now to share the word of the Lord with you as a signal honor, a signal honor. What is a signal honor? It goes beyond just a regular, ordinary honor. To stand behind the sacred desk is one of life's most cherished and humbling experiences. From this podium stands a giant of a preacher a giant of a preacher, one of the world's most gifted, anointed, and visionary leaders of our time, who stands behind where? This podium. It's a double, triple honor to say a word for the Lord Jesus Christ on this very special day, a day honoring the presiding bishop of the churches of God in Christ everywhere and Lady Mayo Blake. For 51 years of leadership and service to this world-renowned church known as the West Angeles Church. Does anybody know anything about the West Angeles Church? 
The second reason for today's service will go down forever in history as we celebrate the burning of your mortgage. A mortgage of a church that cost $65 million, not $65,000, but $65 million. And God is not finished with you yet. I want to talk about the past, the present, and the future. With the Lord's help and your prayers, I want to talk about Pastor Bishop Charles Edward Blake in the past. Point number one is I saw you in the past. I saw you in the past. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5, it reads, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou came forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee and ordained thee a prophet unto the nation. God was thinking about Bishop Blake before Bishop Blake ever thought about God. Born in the state of Arkansas, coming to San Diego, California as a lad with his father, Elder Blake would have many choices and many decisions to make. He would choose what college or what university he would attend. He would choose his career. He would choose his hobbies. He would choose what kind of car he wanted to drive. And he even could choose the lady who would be by his side for life. And up to now, he has made a great choice and his best choice. She is an excellent lady. She's an excellent choice. Help me praise the Lord for Lady Bay. Yes, to those of you who major in biblical history, Somewhere between 970 to 930 BC, the question was asked, who can find a virtuous woman? For her price is far above rubies. Well, young Elder Charles Blake found that virtuous woman who whose price is far beyond rubies. In May of 2015, a 25-carat ruby ring, uh, gold, it sold for more than $30 million. That was some expensive ruby. But the woman described in Proverbs 31, her worth goes beyond rubies. And this ruby sold for $30 million. But the Proverbs 31 woman, her price is far above rubies, for she is priceless. She is recognized and honored 
by the leaders of the city at the gate, her children rise up and call her blessed. Proverbs 31 woman, she indeed is an unusual lady. And that fits the description down to the point of Lady May L. Blake. She is an unusual lady. Yes, up to now, the young elder Charles Blake has had many choices to make, and he has chosen well. But he could not choose his purpose. His purpose in life was given to him by God himself. Nothing in his life was by chance. A lot of folk believe in luck. Uh, but those things that happened in his life were not by chance, nor by luck, nor by coincidence. Everything that happened in his life was within for purpose. I once read about a young man in his 20s, young man in his 20s, and here is what he wrote. I feel like a failure because I am struggling to become something and I don't even know what I am struggling to become. Let me read that again. The young man in his 20s said, I feel like a failure because I am struggling to become something, and I don't even know what I am struggling to become. He was asked so many people, they are on a merry-go-round. But that's not the case with the man whom we honor today. Bishop Charles Edward Blake definitely knew where God was taking him and where he was going. I saw you in the past. One Sunday night years ago at his father's church in San Diego, two young preachers preached their trial sermon, Elder Earl Denny and Elder Charles Edward Blake. Later in life, Elder Earl Denny would be assigned to pastor, notice this, West End Church of God in Christ in San Antonio, Texas, and Elder Charles Blake would be assigned to pastor West Angeles Church of God in Christ in Los Angeles, California. I saw you then. I saw you 51 years ago. When West Angeles was a church of 40, 50 members located on Adams Boulevard, a newly Pointed pastor and wife soon found that it's impossible to do everything everybody wants you to do. I came to discuss several things with you today. I want among those things to discuss with you, don't get distracted. Don't come distracted. Look at somebody say, don't get distracted. All of us near need clear vision. There are some people who have no clear vision, and without clear vision, they keep changing directions. They go this direction and that direction, and then the other direction, and they turn around and go the, the direction that they came from. They keep changing directions. Some people keep changing jobs. Uh, other people keep changing relationships. 
The main man today is not the main man next week, or the main woman today. Oh, oh y'all, they, they keep changing relationships. Some folk keep changing churches. Where, where's your membership? It's at Mount Nebo. Where's your membership? It's at Mount Moriah. Where's your membership? It's wherever. Every time you talk to them, they have changed churches. Help me as a preacher say, don't keep changing churches. Oh, you didn't say that good. You act like you're scared to tell them. Look, look at somebody and say, don't keep changing churches. They hope that the change of direction, that the change of job, that the change of relationship, that the changing of churches, they hope that the change will fill the emptiness in their lives. And they hope that maybe this time that things will change and be different. The Apostle Paul wrote uh, in the first... In, in the, Philippians 3.13, he said this, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. What is that, Paul? I'm forgetting those things that are behind and reaching forth under those things that are before. I'm forgetting those things that are behind and I'm reaching forth to those things that are before. And he says, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ. I saw you then, Bishop Blake, I saw you then, West Angeles Church. Paul said he was pressing ahead. What was ahead? First of all, the favor of God was ahead. Oh, come on, put your hands together and thank God for the favor of God. What does that phrase, the favor of God, mean? We use it in all kinds of cliches. We say the favor of God isn't fair. And all we talk about, but what is the favor of God? The favor of God is the approval of God. The favor of God is the support of God of God. The favor of God is God taking you from the back of the line, bringing you to the front of the line. Well, I guess I'm talking to the wrong folk. Apparently, you've never been in the back of the line. Apparently, you've never been overlooked. Probably, you've never been by pass, but some of us can understand that God took us from the back of the line to the front of the line. When our FICO score did not qualify us to get a car, God took us from the back to the front. Ah, we wanted a house, but we didn't have enough for the down payment, but God took you from the back of the line to the front of the line. While other people were more qualified to be promoted on your job, God took you from the back and brought you to the front of the line. Come on, help me give him some praise. That's what is the favor of God. 
God has given this man and the lady that stands with him, he has given them his favor. Paul said, I'm forgetting the things of the past, but I'm pressing, I'm moving forward. So what's ahead? Well, let me tell you, in case you don't know, what was ahead? Moving from Adams Boulevard to Crenshaw Boulevard. That's what was ahead. What was ahead? For Sunday morning worship services, that's what was ahead. People lined up along Crenshaw waiting for one service to end so that they could get in for a next service to begin. That's what was ahead. What was ahead? I saw Pastor Charles Blake become Superintendent Charles Blake. I saw Superintendent Charles Blake become Bishop Charles Blake of the first ecclesiastical jurisdiction of Southern California. We pastors and elders told the presiding bishop, Bishop Joe Patterson, that we wanted Superintendent Charles Blake for our bishop. That's what was ahead, and it was a favor of God uh -huh, that saw him through. What was ahead? A counseling center for the West Angeles Church. What was ahead? Uh, a Christian school, what was ahead? A, a bookstore, what was ahead? A, a performing arts theater. Those are only just a few things that were ahead. Paul said, uh, but one thing I'm forgetting is those things that are, that are behind and reaching forth to those things that are ahead. We saw jurisdictional Bishop Charles Blake become general board member Charles Blake. We saw general board member Charles Blake become the presiding bishop of the Church of God in Christ everywhere. We saw that. Look at somebody and say, we saw that. For Bishop Blake and the West Angeles Church, we saw some wonderful things that God was doing. But what was on the horizon? What is the horizon? The horizon is the skyline. It's the apparent line that separates earth from the sky. In other words, it's the line that where earth and sky meet. And Bishop Blake and this great congregation were looking to the horizon, they were looking ahead. Jeremiah 33 and 3 says, Call upon me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Bishop Blake tells the experience of driving to Garden Grove, California, where he attended the Robert Schuller Institute held at the world-renowned Crystal Cathedral. As Bishop Blake sat in that religious landmark and architectural wonder, seating 
3,000 people. That was the seating capacity of Crystal Cathedral. Being at Crystal Cathedral sparked both a vision and a passion in his heart. And he said, God, if you could do it for Robert Schuler, what can you do through me? Robert Schuler built a cathedral that seats 3,000. Bishop Blake and the wonderful members of West Angeles Church has built a cathedral that seats 5,000. Come on, I think we ought to praise the Lord. He was passionate about his work. How passionate are you about your work? Your involvement in the work of the Lord, how passionate are you about it? Do you take it uh, as just, well, whatever goes around comes around? Do you take it haphazardly? What's your passion for the work of the Lord? If you are any kind of leader in anybody's church. Unless you catch on fire, the folk you lead will never catch on fire. Unless you become passionate about a work for the Lord, those that follow you will never become passionate about the work of the Lord. I want to ask you as I rush on, I want to ask you a question. Do you think building a $65 million cathedral was easy. Do you think building a $65 million cathedral was easy? I heard uh, most of you shout out, no. Uh, there are so many negative elements. I remember both reading through the media as well as over broadcast. I remember what some secular groups were talking about, Bishop Blake, and talking about you. They were saying, ah, it's crazy to spend all that money uh, on uh, a building uh, that's going to be on exposition and Crenshaw. Uh, Bishop Blake and that congregation, they must be crazy. High in the world is a church in South Central Los Angeles and a predominantly black church. How are they going to raise $65 million? And then even if they did raise it, the money could go for a far better cost. We have poverty. We have people that are hungry. We have people that uh, don't have a place to live. And couldn't that $65 million go to help the plight of the community? But they did not know that West Angeles was already doing something to help the plight of the community. Uh, I wish somebody would say, you got that right. They didn't know that West Angeles was already counseling and encouraging and helping. And you know what? Bishop Blake and this great church, you were successful at laying a firm foundation 
with the bricks that people threw at you. The foundation of this cathedral was built by the bricks that people threw at you. But since God is for you, finish it for me. Not if, but since God is for us, who can what? The cathedral. A structure built with steel and granite and stained glass to the glory of God. What an accomplishment. And today we and the world watch as you will burn that mortgage. Come on, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, that's something to give God praise for. The mortgage will be burned. Ah, oh, thank you. You may be seated. Several years ago, Bishop Blake graced the people at Gospel Memorial Church in Long Beach, and uh, he dedicated our church as well as was the keynote speaker for the mortgage burning of our mortgage. So I understand how it feels to have a weight, to have a burden lifted off of you. But here we are. Look at somebody and say, but here we are. Bishop Blake and West Angeles has made a difference in this community. Not only have you made a difference, you've made a big difference. For the church is God's instrument on earth to hold back the tide of sin. The church is God's instrument to give spiritual directions to reach out to the world a world in need, a world in need of love, a world that needs compassion, and most of all, a world that needs forgiveness. I see you now. The church is the extended arm of God reaching out into every community. Extended arm of God as it reached out into every city, every town, and every hamlet. Uh, the arm of God. Now that the mortgage is being burned, what is our challenge today? Our challenge today is, number one, we need to get more people into the kingdom. Look at somebody and say, get more people into the kingdom. We talk about crime, but the answer to crime is getting more people in the kingdom. Ah, we talk about plight and we talk about misfortune, but when you get people in the kingdom, you get them under the umbrella of God's protective love. Help me say, get people into the kingdom. And then secondly, building a family life center. What a vision. And vision is like magnets. 
It pulls people together. Pastor and congregation in the past, in the present, and now let me deal with the future. Second Chronicles chapter 5, verses 13 and 14. And it came to pass as the trumpeters and the singers, and haven't we had some singing today? As they were one to make one sound to be heard in praise and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voices with the trumpets and the cymbals and the instruments of music and the praise of the Lord, saying, for the Lord is good. Can anybody help me say, for the Lord is good. His mercy endureth forever. And as they sang, the glory of the Lord came in a cloud, and the cloud filled the temple. The priest could not stand to minister because the cloud of his glory. I see you uh-huh, now, but I see you even in the future that the cloud of his glory will come even down closer to us. We need a church that will pray the glory down. We need a church that will pray the devil out. We need a church that will pray the sick well. We need a church that will pray the bound free. We need a church that will pray lukewarm folk hot and will pray sinners to come in. When praises go up, blessings come down. When blessings come down, mm -hmm, the saints go out. And when the saints go out, sinners come in. We need a church on fire. Oh, help me say, we need a church on fire. Once again, help me say, a church on fire. In Australia, they're having devastating fires. Part of the reason they can't put out the fires is because animals who live in the forest are catching on fire. And when the animals catch on fire, wherever they run, it causes another fire. If somebody would catch on fire, burning with the Holy Ghost, help me say, I'm going to catch on fire. I'm going to burn with the Holy Ghost. 
I'm going to burn until the glory comes. I'm going to burn until sinners throw their hands up and say, what must I do to be saved? I see you in the future. Y'all finish it for me. And you look much better than you look right now. I see a church on fire. I see Hallelujah. Somebody say glory. Yes. Yes. Oh, everybody's standing. Yes. Oh, everybody in the house of the Lord, stand up and give him praise. Yes. Yes. Give the Lord praise for his word on today. Oh, come on, West Angeles. We can do better than that. My soul was blessed on today. Before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. I sanctified you and called you to be a prophet to the nation. And as it was with Bishop Blake, and although God saw him before he formed him in his mother's womb, so it is with all of us here. Before he saw you in your mother's womb, he knew you. And Bishop Ely spoke about the time when Bishop went to the Crystal Cathedral and he kneeled down in that chapel many stories above the ground and he pleaded and prayed with God, God, if you could do something in Brother Schuler's life, can't you do something in my life? Well, beloved, we are standing in the middle of what God has done for Bishop Blake's life. And since that time, I have prayed my own prayer as I knelt down in this church and said, God, if you can do something with Bishop Blake's life, can you not do something in my life? And as we stand here in this great edifice today, I invite you to say the same prayer that I also pray. Repeat after me. Say, God, since you did something in Bishop Blake's life, can you not do something in my life? 
And you see, beloved, that all starts with you giving your life to the Lord. As we have seen God work in our pastor's life, God is just waiting to go to work in your life on your behalf. There is a you in the heart of the Lord that you cannot imagine. It would literally blow your mind over and beyond everything that you can imagine for who you think you are now. We invite you to introduce yourself to God. Introduce yourself to Christ so he can introduce you to who you really are in him. If God has done all of this in the life of Wes Angeles and Bishop Blake, just think of what he can do in your life when you give your life wholly over to him. So if there is someone here that knows that God can do better with your life than you can do with your life, all you have to do is raise your hand. We would love to be able to welcome you into the body of Christ. We would love to be able to welcome you into the family of West Angeles, into the family of faith. So if that is you, just come on down here. We'd love to be able to praise the Lord with you. We'd love to be able to love on you for a second. You can meet me right down here at the front of the church, and we will praise God for you. If you know that God can do more with your life than you could, if you want to see a you that you could not imagine. Come on down here. We'd love to be able to praise the Lord for you right now. Let's praise the Lord for my brother on today. Amen. Praise the 